How's everyone doing today? This is the truth of the matter is podcast episode number 32. And of course, as usual, we welcome our new and consistent listeners. We thank you for tuning in and we appreciate your loyalty and dedication. We also ask that if you know something, share it. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, we ask that you share it with a friend because word of mouth is the best way to grow. So, Jonathan, my friend, how are you? I'm doing fine. You know, just doing the best that I can with every opportunity that I have, you know. I'm still not content with certain things, but, you know, that's life. I just need to begin to make things work, you know, how it is, right? Make the adjustments, that's all. Make the right adjustments. Mm. Sounds like you're starting off on a kind of a rough start. Mm, I don't think it's a rough start. It's just you have these goals and you want to accomplish them. Sometimes things get in the way and you're trying to figure out, you know, what the best way is, you know, the best way to, to actually maneuver through it. So I think sometimes we get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes. And in other instances, it's, you know, I want to do this. I'm trying to do this thing. And there are other constant, I would say, distractions and things that come up that get in the way of it. It doesn't Mm. deter you and make you feel like you can't accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish, but it's in the way. And if you still want to achieve what it is that ultimate goal is for you, you know, you have to find a way to move around it and get it done. So that's all it is. You know, that's why I side with the comment I made. You know, you have to make the right adjustments. Adjustments lead away for whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish for it to be possible. So that's all. Funny so, enough, um, it was something that you said that, uh, I thought I'll touch on a little bit. I'm sure it's not anything pertaining to you, but you said the best way. And I think a lot of the times we end up uh, getting caught up in doing things the best way, especially um, considering the time period that we're in. It's a week after New Year's. You know, we had our special last week. And it's very easy for when you don't do things perfectly. Um, we're in a society that kind of wants us to do things perfect or we feel like we have to do things the best possible way, the most efficient way. But a lot of people are just starting off their goals. Some people have already started slacking or are falling off or haven't been pursuing them at all. And I want to encourage people, and even if this may pertain to you, Jonathan, that sometimes it's not about doing things the best way, but it's just about doing. And when you take away all the factors of trying to do things in the most efficient way and you just start doing things, um, you notice that finding the most efficient and best way just naturally comes. So sometimes the most important thing is to just be consistent. Well, I guess the reason why I said the best way in this instance is I never forget. I was taking a a meteor math class community college Mm -hmm. and we had a professor 
who told us several ways to solve a problem. Right? And at that moment in time, <laughs> there was a student in the class that was solving the question, but going the wrong way about it. And what the professor said sort of stuck with me. He said, it's not about your way. And it's not about various ways. It's about the best way. So when I look at mm. the concept of what the best way is, it's the most efficient, most convenient, most legitimate way to go about something after you've taken everything into consideration. So sometimes going about something, even though there are numerous different ways of how you can solve a problem or skin a cat or whatever scenario you want to use. There's always one way that happens to be the best way. So when I was evaluating my decision-making and trying to manifest something specific that's dear to my heart or dear to my future, rather, I understand that with everything going on, as you said, with the times being, and we just entered 2022, we are all finding our footing. And we're all trying to figure out, you know, what our life is going to be or what our future will present. And after careful consideration, I came to the conclusion that with everything that I'm trying to accomplish and new roles and decisions that have taken fold, I realized that there is one way for me to accomplish this thing. And to me, it has to do a lot with, you know, making the best, taking, make, you know, sort of putting your best foot forward, making a stronger effort. It's not forced, but taking the initiative. That's what I would say. Anything that is dear to your heart or that you want, you sort of have to go out your way to make time for it. And I've came to that conclusion that if this is something that I want to do, or this is something that I'm looking forward to doing, that that's going to play a bigger role in my life. You have to make space for it. Cause if you don't, you're going to be suffocated by everything else that's going on around you. So that's what I was sort of thinking about in the moment, in the time that I mentioned what the best way is, if that's clarified for you. Noted. All right. So well, plow forward. Yeah. Well, would you look at that? You know, actually, we finally got some snow. You know, the tease is finally over. But don't you hate when they predict snow twice and nothing happens? But then again, you can't be surprised because the weather has been a bit bi- bipolar lately, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's it's funny that you even mentioned that because when it came, I. I I totally wasn't expecting it. I got my Air Maxes on, work shoes on, ready to go outside, and I come up, and it's ice, snow, and train delays, which was <laughs> very inconvenient. But yeah, when it did hit, it was it was very random. Now, well, I was about to say something very ignorant because I was gonna say how do how does weather affect snow delays? But I just realized that. There are some trains that travel outside, and mm-hmm. if the tracks are loaded with snow, you know, that's a big problem. So, excuse my ignorance or stupidity at the moment, but <laughs> it crossed my mind. I was like, wait a second. What, what are you, you, know what what are you talking about? <laughs> what happened? You know what we should do? 
What? We should pray. <laughs> yeah, right. Might, let's let's might, step over. Maybe, maybe he can forgive your ignorance there. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's step over. Let's get into the topic for today. Okay, prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for patience, and we appreciate that in life there's opportunity for change. We know that change isn't an event, but it's a process. It's a process which you have allowed us to go through in this thing we call life. We understand that repentance isn't just a request for forgiveness. It's a declaration from the one who spoke it. And that they will make an effort to do better, but most importantly, turn away. There's an expectancy of changed behavior. Therefore, we must realize that every day is a new opportunity to handle things differently and accordingly. Lord, you have given us that chance. And therefore, I believe all who hear this will not take it for granted. They won't take for granted the second, third, fourth, fifth chances and many more. Because God, we know that you're a God of process. No matter how long it may take, Lord. We ask that you open up our eyes to see our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand your word in real time and in real situation. Lord, we know that happens to be the best opportunity to respond and not react. Lord, we understand that responding is the preferred way to handle things. It's about being respectful and calm, acting with decorum, so we say these things, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That one, uh, that one hit home for me. <laughs> Definitely hit home for me. Okay. How the hell for you? Because I remember one of the episodes I was, I was praying earlier during this week. I remember, I think it was maybe like episode four or five. And it, it's in the intro. And it's like, God, I promise if I never did you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Lord, yeah. I promised. And that came back in my head, but I was in a situation where it was like Yeah, I needed I just needed another chance and I got it, so Because mm-hmm. that that particular thing I was referencing had a lot to do with individuals, you know, making vows to God, not realizing that the inconsistency of our character and the choices we make, it almost happens that we end up not keeping a vow. So mm-hmm. it came out of the book of Proverbs that <laughs> making vows to God is, is sort of silly because, you know, we are humans and creatures of habit and even though, like we talked about when we sort of went over episode 29 in regards to sort of having this thing where we don't, <laughs> we don't view God in this, this we, don't, we, we sort of view God in this, this image where, you know, God's going to come for us every time we make a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. society and at large people who don't know God, people who don't have a relationship with Christ sort of views the things that we go through 
and say instantly once you've made that bad choice, all of a sudden the 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 big monster is coming and you're destined for hell. But remember what we were talking about in Romans and that the things that you want to do, you don't do. And the things that you don't want to do, those are the things that you keep on doing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> because of that, God understands and that's why he has granted us grace and mercy you know leave room for the process in the process you're going to make mistakes but ultimately we can't continue in this elementary way of acting where we know what we ought to do but we continue to make those mistakes what the main better thing than... was the what make happened? the is about making an effort to do better it's like it was just a real good theme it's like i could do better than this or i need to provide better uh-huh. and that's why uh, even when we was talking about earlier about the best way, it's like sometimes it's just it's just the small things like trying to do better. So that's why the yeah. prayer really hit me today. Got you. That's why I always remember in the book of Galatians, don't use your freedom to indulge the, the sinful nature. Don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Given the opportunity because of grace of mercy and things that we don't deserve, don't use that freedom to automatically make the go-ahead decision that you're going to bypass the freedom, the space to improve, and take that full for granted. Because we never know the time we're leaving here. We never know when our time is up. So given that, we need to do better each and every day. Progress. Mm -hmm. Be holy as he is holy. Make strides every day. So, yeah. Let's get right into the text. You know, there's a lot to talk about here. And we are continuing the Gospel of Luke. Now, this is an interesting text, right? So I'm pretty sure we're going to have a good time talking about this. So let's look at the Gospel of Luke here, chapter 12. And I want you, Daniel, to read verse 35 through 48. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters finds them waiting when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them reclined at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose masters finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It would be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master's taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. 
The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And for the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Interesting text, would you say? Very interesting. Yeah, so after reading this text, I was wondering, you know, what would I title this? Because at least five different titles came to mind. And after careful consideration, I thought I came up with a good one, and that's Constant Preparedness. That's the title of it, Constant Preparedness. If we break down both terms and look them up, this is what we learn. So, constant, marked by harmony, regularity, or steady continuity. Let me say that one more time. Constant, marked by harmony, regularity, or steady continuity. Another definition reads, unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. Unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. Let's look at preparedness. Simple. A state of readiness. A state of readiness. Another thing I want to add is when you look up preparedness, it's associated with war and disaster. Now, I don't think that's by accident. I don't think using it here is a mistake either. So when I read the text, I saw both of these words at work in the text. This text is addressing the habits we ought to have as believers and or followers of Christ, right? This text is addressing the habits we ought to have as believers and or followers of Christ. So let's break down the text, right? Let's begin at verse 35 that says, be dressed and ready for service. Now, how many times have we heard that as churchgoers? Be dressed and ready, right, at such and such a time. As a matter of fact, that's a universal phrase, be dressed and ready. It's also used when a guy is picking up a young lady or vice versa, because women do pick up men as well. It's a commitment, whether you are with your co-worker, working for the same company, is used with friends. You know, getting together, going somewhere and family members or even intentional dating or casual dating. You name it. Boom. That's where you hear the term. Now, keep your lamps burning. Keep your lamps burning. The reason for keeping them lit means that you have your mind on alert and tuned in towards Jesus and his word. Be ready and be ready and always remember. What he has said and apply it. The reason why we should keep our lamps full of oil is because it's about being prepared in advance. And the way you do that is by storing in your mind scriptural knowledge. This happens to be extremely supportive 
when it comes to the theme of the year that we mentioned last week, filling up your jar. The reality is your mind can hold plenty of knowledge. However, I am encouraging. I am encouraging you. The truth of the matter is, is encouraging you and asking you also to store godly wisdom from God's word. Therefore, visualize a jar and imagine yourself throwing verses in like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, found in the book of Philippians. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, found in the book of Hebrews. God will never leave me nor forsake me, found in the book of Deuteronomy. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? Found in the book of Psalms. I hide thy word in my heart, so I may not sin against you. Found in the book of Psalms. Fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It be found in the book of 2 Corinthians. Those who think they know something. One of my favorites. Those who think they know something, do not yet know as they ought to know, can be found in the book of Corinthians. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Found in the book of Jeremiah. Now I can go on for days. Each verse is necessary and has an importance and its value comes on the comes in by the case-by-case basis. You don't need to know the exact verse and chapter in the beginning, but know the book. Know where it came out of, okay? So, the truth of the matter is, not just me, me and Daniel want to encourage all of our listeners, whether new or old, to learn God's word. Learn the stories because one day you will be put to the test. And as members of the body of Christ, I would like you to know what's going on. Being the knowing not the unknown. Be in the knowing and not the unknown. Remember, we study thyself approved unto the Lord so that he can use us as instruments of righteousness, not wickedness. We are lights in the world, and every time we step into a space, God can use us there. We bring godly wisdom, godly discernment, godly righteousness and judgment. The same way the Lord told Paul not to leave an area because his presence was needed for encouragement and or as a reminder, as a matter of fact, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 18, verse beginning at 9. And I would like Daniel to do the honors in reading it to verse 11. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. As I stated last week, Corinth is a city. And in that city is where they have a church, which is how we get the book of Corinthians. Same can be said for Philippians. You have a city called Philippi, right? The book of Romans comes out of the fact that Paul was in Rome and so on and so forth. So on that note, Mr. Daniel. Yes? Do you know who Mother Teresa was? Yeah, of course. Are are you kidding me? (laughs) Who was she then? (laughs) 
During her lifetime, she was known as a Catholic nun who dedicated her whole life to caring for the destitute and dying and needy people. You know, set up soup kitchens, uh, a colony, orphanages, uh, I think the home for the dying destitute. She treated the leapers, the educated, the poorest of the poor, fed the homeless, right? Mm-hmm. Treated them like her own family. Okay, okay, okay. Well said. So it would be remiss if I didn't mention that sh- that it was Mother Teresa who once said, to keep a lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. So the reality is the same applies to life. Unless we continue to learn, to grow, to excel, to know we will be standing and become just an empty lamp waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for, but you'll be waiting. You know, interesting enough, <laughs> what I found in my <laughs> personal study is, you know, if you look in the book of Psalms, 1828, it says, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. You know, so therefore we should be thanking God that our lamps are lit. In First John, we know that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So while Jesus was in the world, I remember him saying this, right? I believe it was in the gospel of John, I believe, chapter 12, verse 35, that the light is among you only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. He or she, just to be transparent, is drifting aimlessly. It was also in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, 12, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Also remember when Jesus said it was written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, who was sent by God, and yet is God himself in the flesh, says this parable and wants us to know that we should keep our lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It would be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Now, that has a lot to do with our individual preparedness, our individual eagerness to hold on to every word that comes from God's mouth, which is true and is full of life. It's through the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, that God has chosen to speak his message to do it, right? God has chosen Jesus Christ to who he speaks his message through, right? Now watch this. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 24 and then read 36 to 42 and it states. About that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. 
Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So good job, Daniel. Now, what makes Matthew different from Luke is Jesus and Matthew tells a different parable known as the Ten Virgins. And that story has different implications and it has a bit more context. We won't be doing that today. But for today, we were we are sticking with Luke and we, we're sticking with Luke as the main text here. However, I just wanted to reference Matthew a little to show you that as believers, if we are not living on bread alone, but instead on every word from God, we know the origins and the portion of this text and where it comes from. Right. It comes out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter eight, verse three, which says man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We know that God and the Lord is used interchangeably. Therefore, when Jesus says, be on watch for the master's return, then we should take that advice as truth and literally be watchful. And that would mean to have a mindset of preparedness, readiness, right? You see, the reason we should be exercising constant, constant consistency is because as human beings, we are creatures of habit. If we practice or get in the habit of doing something, it's because of a pattern. We're following a pattern. And that is what creates harmony, regularity, objectivity, a steadiness, and continuity. Remember, the text says this also. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. Meaning that if you are living the Christian difference, right? Doing the right things, no matter the time, the day or the hour. When Jesus comes back, there will be no fear. There will be no concern. Why? Because you have been exercising constant preparedness. That's what you're doing. You've created those habits. You're exercising constant preparedness. Let's go back to the concept of filling up the jar, shall we? Right, as believers and followers of Christ, you are expected to love your neighbor as yourself. Where would you get that? You read in the word. You're doing what Jesus says when he said, When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat when I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink when I was a stranger. You invited me in when I needed clothes. You clothed me when I was sick. You looked after me when I was in prison. You came to visit me. Right? This would also mean that you have a comprehension that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. You will know this and have a conviction in it as well. When Jesus says, I, your Lord, your teacher, have washed your feet, and you also shall wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And finally, right, this commandment would mean a lot to you because it was something that Jesus added when he said, my, my commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made it known to you. Right? John tells us in first and you know, John 3:18 that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made 
perfect in love. Yeah, so remember, who is perfect? That would happen to be Jesus. Therefore, the mission of redeeming us, sanctifying us, couldn't be done by no other than Jesus. That's love right there. Knowing punishment, punishment is it's on its way. Knowing he will sweat blood. Knowing he will, he will be portrayed. Knowing he did this for us all. So for people to think this is made up story, that's, you know, it's a, it's a fairy tale. It's a folk tale, right? They need to wake up, right? The truth of the matter is when operating in constant preparedness, you're ready now. You're ready five years from now. You're ready 10 years from now. That's the beauty of living right. You can't be caught slipping. Now watch this. Look what the scripture says next. If the owner of the house has known at what hour the thief was coming, he will not have let his house be broken into. If we knew when Jesus was coming back, would there be a need to live life with a constant preparedness? No, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel the need to live and operate and doing things in a godly standard of holiness. Right. To know better is to do better. OK, that is why in the end, Jesus says this. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So as a member of the body of Christ, you have been gifted to elevate the kingdom of God. Each and every day you represent it. So do your safe favor and act accordingly. People are watching. The devil is watching. God is watching. Remember, as young um, children, we would play fight and play car around the house, play video games and have a lookout guy. It was four of us, so we could plan accordingly and get a lot done. Right, Jonathan? Yeah, that means that <laughs> we were operating in the level of togetherness, even though we were operating doing things we had no business doing. But the whole thing is, is that. We didn't know when our parents was coming home. Now, sometimes they would tell us, you know, we'll be home at five o'clock. And you know how that is. Sometimes they showed up at eight. Right. And then we, we, we would talk amongst ourselves and say, imagine the things we could have done. Right. <laughs> imagine what could have been accomplished if we knew. We always knew that they were inconsistent with the time. But what enabled us to do a lot of the things that we did with the four of us is someone was watching. Someone was checking. Right. Whether we was playing PlayStation 2, what was it, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, you know, uh-huh. having a beautiful time. Right. Wouldn't she say so? Somebody checking the window. <laughs> yeah. So that, oh, she's coming. She's coming. You know, get everything set up. And we know how Did long Molly was. <laughs> we know how long Molly was taking to get up the stairs. Right. One step at a time. That was a beautiful amount of time to finish the game, close it out, put the CD in the case, put it under there and then detach the things from the television. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's the whole purpose of why we read in this text. He was like, if if the servants knew what time the master was coming, they'd be acting a fool. <laughs> right. Because they knew. So that that's that's what we get in here. So the issue is living on the edge and that context <laughs> was cool. You know, we were young and our minds were fixated on what our agenda was at the time. And I'm sure it was it was the pleasure from the game system. You know, or our stomach contentment, right? It was different then. I'm sure take that it was ice, different take now. Ice I, out you know, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our priorities are different. On now. The bed. <laughs> yeah, we used to do a lot of things. Remember, we used to play car from the living room. We used to drive, play. The, we used mm-hmm. to do a lot of little silly things. But you know, at the time, 
it was it was the best time of my life. I must admit it. <laughs> you know, some people have this feeling where their 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 heart is beaten. They like that adrenaline when it's like it's it's torn between getting caught and not getting caught. And some people love it. <laughs> they love the way it makes them feel. You know, that's why you know people. You know, the only thing that I see that failing is, you know, if you're like a secret agent or something and you, you, you're doing all these different things when they caught you, it's pretty much over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What so here are my... All that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, yeah, it's not going to be fun when you're getting waterboarded or like... Yeah, tortured right? in some hole, like, yeah. Yeah, so even if you, even if you make the, the, the conscious decision and say, you know what, I'm going to play along with this. Pain, pain, pain will make people, pain will make a lot of humans say a lot of different things that they know they said they wasn't going to say. That's the reason why I don't think I could be a secret agent because I like the idea of running away and potentially hurting people. But then when they, they catch me, you know, then I have to suffer. I have to suffer, right? And then, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, look at the country now, right? I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be somewhere underground when nobody knows where I'm at. And, and I'm not supposed to say anything about this country and what they've done, to, mm. right? I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be a good boy, right? I don't know about that one. So, <sighs> another tough day, discuss- yeah, another tough discussion, podcast. tough discussion. So, <laughs> right? So this this message is, is is to me it's a it's a simple one, but it's it's very much paralleled to the message of last week about. You know, living out the Christian difference, you know, operating in truth and creating habits and being being consistently prepared. Well, I use constant preparedness, but it's about consistency and doing what's right. And, you know, it's interesting because we began talking in the beginning. Who knew that it would tie it in to the fact that it's going to take time. But, you know, God is a God of process and he's not pressuring you. He expects eventually that you'll put away the elementary ways of thinking and eventually submit yourself to doing what's right. For some people, they have to go through some pain and suffering in life to realize that their way about doing things and being is it's not working for them. You see, for me, I get it right off the rip. God, I don't have to go through that. I understand what you're saying. Now, another aspect of my life, maybe. Right. But. Yeah, so here are my final thoughts. The same way, you know, the pastor can say God is good all the time, right? And the congregation would retort and say, and all the time, God is good. I know we aren't perfect, but the goal is to strive to be. If in the book of Peter it says, be holy for I am holy, we therefore should strive to achieve that. Remember, Jesus Christ is the standard. That is where we see constant preparedness, right? It comes in. It's about coming in and being ready, being alert, and being vigilant. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to start doing. So, Daniel, devotional time, right? It's definitely time for devotion. Usually we will start this off with a verse, but... I think the title of this one is pretty good. It's the indwelling word. When I discover your words, I devour them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. And that's out of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. 
let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This way you can eat God's word. You do this by taking it into your heart, meditating on it, absorbing it, and allowing it to give you life just as you must chew, swallow, and digest natural food. You must do the same with God's word. Take it into your being. Paul wrote that you're to be nourished in the words of faith and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. That's out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. You allow the word of Christ to nourish you when you make time to read it. Of course, this can be difficult to do in the busy world that we have today. You have so much to do that you feel you don't have time. But remember, failing to read the Bible is like failing to eat regular meals. You may get away with it for a little while, but eventually it will catch up with you. You will feel weak. You'll feel malnourished. You know, you see it in your lips. You see it in your skin. And over time, eventually, you begin to not operate as efficiently as you can. You don't have the same strength. Your health isn't the same. You start developing a certain type of sickness. So in order to avoid that, that's why today's message is about being constantly prepared. And Jonathan likes the word constant. I like the word consistent. Because when you are consistent, it's like a boxer getting ready for a fight. Sometimes you may never know when it is that you will be called to fight. But if you're always prepared, you will be ready to fight at any time. So, take a meal of scripture today and be like a fighter. Always ready, always prepared. And our prayers are out as well. Dear God, help me to eagerly devour your word. Help me to grasp that I can't survive without it, nor can I prosper or grow spiritually if I am not performing in the way I know and in the way you have taught me to on a daily basis. I pray that you help me grow spiritually so that I can prosper at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.